Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. Hey, Fred and Center coming your way today with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Gentlemen, nice to see you both. Morning, you. Jim. I'd like to take advantage of having you here, uh, both keen observers of the political scene, to run my theory by you and see what you make of my theory. The theory according to Jim Chapman. That's right. This is okay. my theory, which is my theory, which is my own, to quote from, uh, who was that, Monty Python that did that? Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, in Perth, Middlesex on Monday, the voters turned out. Well, some of the voters, about 43% of the voters turned out, which is kind of sad, really, but that's the reality. Um, they went to the polls to select a candidate to represent Perth, Middlesex, which includes Stratford, St. Mary's, Mitchell, and Listowel. Now, the results, I think most of our listeners know, were that the progressive conservative candidate, uh, uh, Gary Schellenberger, uh, triumphed with a total of 10,199 votes. Second to him was the Liberal candidate, uh, Brian Innes, with uh, 9,128 votes. So, more or less 1,000 votes separating the two of them. Um, the third place finisher was the Alliance with 5,300, the NDP with 4,500, and the Christian Heritage with 888. Guess they're probably relieved it wasn't six six six. That were. <laughs> However, um, here's my theory, based on what I've seen since this, and based on the strutting and posturing of Joe Clark, who has been loudly trumpeting uh, that this is a massive success and win for the Tory Party, and this this validates everything he's been saying about Tory is the uh, Tories are the national opposition to the Liberals. And so on, so on, so on, so on. My theory is that this has been a disastrous election, uh, not just for the alliance, um, but for the progressive conservatives and for the NDP and for the Christian heritage and anybody else who doesn't want to see the liberals form the next government. I believe it's been a disaster because the right once again split the vote. In this case, it was enough of a split uh, the, the vote was still big enough that the split didn't kill him. But the NDP up there had a very strong candidate from everything that we hear. Um, he got 4,500 votes. Had a 1,000 of those votes gone to the Liberals, they would have taken the riding. Uh, even though the combined votes on the right, uh, and I'm not even including the Christian Heritage, combined votes on the right, would have been almost uh, a ratio of three to two in favor of the right. So that is my little theory, is that this election, far from being something for the conservatives to celebrate, that this has been a disaster because this is going to refocus the Joe Clark loyalists, the, uh, the uh, you know, Tory at all cost people, and they're going to split this vote again come the next federal election. Uh, Robert, I'd ask for your comments on my theory. I disagree with it. Okay. Um, well, in that case, you can go home. Suppose, suppose a liberal had won, mm -hmm. Ryan Innes, mm -hmm. 9,000 votes. You could say the same thing the other way around. If the liberals and the NDP had gotten together, you add those two together, I, I count about 14,000, 15,000 votes. Mm -hmm. They could have easily defeated the PCs or the alliance separately. Except that's you know, not, that wasn't going to happen. Well, no, but, but the same argument holds. It's not, you can't blame... Uh, the the failure of two parties who believe something fundamentally different from each other on the fact that a third party won. 
That's, that's the fault of our electoral system, not of the parties. And to force people together who disagree with each other is asking for trouble from, from day one. Well, I'm not, I'm not you know? forcing anybody. Oh, no, no, but, but so in order to get over that, what, what we call sp vote splitting, that's not the reason that people should be voting. And the fact that we do is why after every election, the winner is the politician and the loser is the voter. Taxes will go up. Your services that are provided by government will get worse. Um, I mean, that's just the spiral, and that's the spiral we are on as long as we keep to this system of voting and as long as we allow governments to do the silly things they're doing. Um, I look at this vote, this whole vote situation, any way you look at it, whether the Liberal or the PC had taken it, all the other parties combined had 20,000 more votes than they did, you know? So... Mm -hmm. In no, no case are we talking about any kind of majority government. And then, then when you take in the 57% uh, of people who didn't vote, holy cow. The government, we are ruled by, what, 10% of the people? Yeah, <laughs> okay, well, it seems that and that's way. the way it is. Yeah. Jeffrey, what are you making of it? Well, I, I happen to be from Stratford, so I can tell you exactly what mm -hmm. happened. And that is that in Stratford, we always believed that you should have a different party uh, represented in Ottawa from in Ontario. And so if there's a... Uh, if you have a Liberal MP in Ottawa, you have to have a Conservative MPP in Ontario, in, in the Toronto. So what this is, is I think the Ontario voters were anticipating that with the next provincial election, they want to go Liberal. So in order to do that, they had to make sure that they had a Conservative Member of Parliament in Ottawa. So I think that's exactly what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the 10% of the voters were thinking that way. So, so, so exactly. much for your theory. Yeah, so much, yeah, really, yeah more carefully reasoned than what I thought it was blown right out of the water. Um, where do you think we're going to go now? Do you think, as I do, that Joe Clark is going to use this to, uh, to uh, forestall whoever the next leader of the Conservatives is from making any overtures to the Alliance? And, Bob, I, I understand what you're saying about these. This is not the same party under two names, the Alliance and the right. Conservatives. Right, we have to stop thinking about them as the same party. But I get blamed be, for doing that, too, with Freedom Party, that I'm splitting the vote on the right. Excuse me, I'm not. The right doesn't even have a place to vote right now. But they used to be, you know. Before Preston Manning came along, I would assume most Alliance supporters would have been happily in the Progressive Conservatives. And it seems that Brian Mulroney really somehow split them apart, I guess. And whether it was that the uh, the Conservatives became more... Uh, you know, more sort of uh, centered in cities and left the rural people behind or what is. I don't. I, I frankly don't understand why they can't bridge their differences just the way that the Progressive Party did I see with the, the Conservative Party personally, back in the 20s and mm -hmm. 30s. I see the PCs and Liberal as the same party. So I don't know why everybody's talking about the other two parties combining. I think the voters in Perth Middlesex wanted a Liberal government, but they did not want a Liberal Party. Mm -hmm. And so they voted PC, and that's mm -hmm. what you get. You got You got Liberal Blue now. And so those are the parties that are more aligned. If you look at them philosophically, at their view of the country, at how the country should be formed, they both support official bilingualism. They mm -hmm. both support horrendous government spending on everything from gun control to you know what. So they are no different. And I don't even know why people think well, there is the a difference. The difference is that the liberals can get elected and the conservatives can't. Well, the PCs just did years. it now. So we've got liberal blue. But, but to, to suggest that it's their fault that they didn't align themselves with their most ardent enemy, <laughs> the, the alliance, because they are very different in terms of at least on their fundamental basis. That, that's that's the weirdest argument. I mean, if you're going to talk about alignments, those are the two parties that are the but, same. But when are the conservatives going to become relevant again? When are they going to become important? Uh, and is there a way to do that other than getting back together with the with the alliance? I remember uh, John. You're relevant Cosby. when you have something to say and something to offer. But if you've got nothing to offer and they don't, you're not relevant. Well, I guess power or no. When are they going to get some power? 
power is what, what it's all about. I, I remember John Crosby uh, talking about the uh, the split between the two, and it sort of summed it up nicely for me uh, that he said, you know, that the uh, the Reform Party consisted, he said, of every wingnut and loony that, that uh, used to be a conservative, he said, and we want him back. <laughs> <laughs> this is Talk of the Town on 1290 CJBK, where wingnuts and loonies are always welcome. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. Jeff Schlemmer, Bob Metz with us today on Left, Right, and Center talking about the uh, election in, in Stratford and its implications for the country. Bob, I want to come back to something you say because I don't disagree with your analysis that the Tories and the Liberals probably have more in common than the Tories and the, than the Alliance. But the reality is that the Liberals have committed themselves to a policy that many Canadians, and I'm one of them, have believe has been very destructive to this country, and they continue on that course. The, the Tories, while they may philosophically... Uh, there may be significant philosophical similarities between them. I think, from my perspective, I'd like to at least give them a chance to govern the country. I don't think they can do any worse, and they might do better. So from my perspective, if I look, I say, okay, sure, they are the natural allies, but in fact, the only way to beat the liberals is if they form some sort of alliance with either the NDP or, or, or the alliance itself, and that's not going to happen. The NDP is not going to happen. The only other option is some kind of coalition, as Jeff said, between the and in the example is the between the progressives and the conservatives back in uh, well, in the well, 1920s. The only yeah. thing you can do is shoot for more voters and and have to attract those voters. I mean, you can scream all you want, but if the Tories or the Alliance or anyone is not attracting the number of voters they need to win an election, well, I'm sorry, that's just the way the game. So what, how do we do that? How do we get more than 43 percent of the people to come out and vote on something that's going to impact their every minute? Every minute, waking and otherwise, of their days which, for the next X number of years. Which speaks to the big question. Why do people vote and what do they vote for? Jeff gave us an interesting theory about how they want conservatives on in one level of par- government and, and liberals in the other. That might be a reason that some people vote one way or the other. Other people vote by uh, the coin they flipped in the morning. You know, not everybody listens to this show. Not everyone is informed about what goes on. What? Like, you know, when you're talking about <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, shocking news here. When, when did that start? Shows like this. When did that you start? You know, the vast majority of voters have almost no interest in politics. Yeah. You know, and so of the voters who are informed, I would say you might have five or ten percent. If you, and I'm being very generous there. But so everybody that, else votes on a feeling. Yeah, but look, and that yeah. feeling can. It's all based on uh, perception, on visualization. Um, I'm learning this myself in politics, how important art and expression of things in the media is in terms mm-hmm. of getting points across because you don't have a lot of time with a person. Mm-hmm. You've got to create an instant response, yeah. and it has to be emotional. Well, I've told you, and all, all my a, values come from American, tel- American movies. I've realized that E.T. informs mm-hmm. all, my, all my social values. <laughs> but uh, somehow the Alliance and Conservatives have, have maintained a truce in Ontario provincially, though. That is that the provincial conservative government has been able to become more ideologically right-wing uh, and keep all the people who vote for the alliance fed. Well, under Harris, not now. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens now, but I guess that is, that is a bit of a, a petri dish, if, if you like, of a way that, of making it happen, that under Harris, they were able to move the Conservative Party far enough to the right that they kept all the people who vote alliance federally in that party. And nobody said we should start a provincial alliance party, although I've often uh, thought that would be a heck of well, some idea. People, no, some people did say that. They tried to start one here, or but they? they didn't get off the ground. Well, well, well when it was the Reform go. Party, they did register the Reform Party to hold the registration mm-hmm. and prevent someone else from using that name. Mm-hmm. But why can they do it provincially, but they can't do it federally? Like why? Why don't? Why doesn't the Conservative Party move somewhat to the right, just enough to because the issues because the issues that 
that concern most reformers are federal in nature, and they have to do with fundamental constitutional issues, relationship of the provinces to each other. And so their priority in terms of what issues they focus on is not really provincial, although that's a critical part of it, of course. Yeah. Well, and right. if they have another party in place already with which they believe they could work, and I think they could have worked with the Harris Tories, mm-hmm. um, then why fight them? That's that's that would be a f- foolish. But now plan. we're looking at the, the you know the t- the Tory power in the land temporarily is Joe Clark, although he's still only got a, a limited number of seats. But he's the man again. Suddenly, the the all attention is on him. We can't even remember the names of the people who are debating for the leadership beyond Peter McKay. I mean, most people couldn't tell, and most people can't tell you Peter McKay. Um, so Joe's still the guy, and Joe is the I've always thought sort of the archetypical red Tory. I mean, his and Bob, I think your comments are very valid there. Joe Clark would be equally comfortable, I think, in the ca- in John Cretchen's oh, cabinet as he was in Brian Mulroney's. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been any problem at all. So he's leading this party that is sort of scattered and confused, and and uh, an opportunity here, I think, had they lost, to uh, reinforce once again that you've got to do something, guys. That Joe's vision is not going to take you to power in this country. I believe you said something this morning earlier on the show that I really agreed with. I think you were talking to one of your callers. And they were talking about the federal liberals moving to the left. And you suggested, no, they were moving in every direction. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they've done. And that's one of the reasons that I believe the federal Tories have been weakened, because the the, uh, GST was adopted by the liberals. Uh, They're trying to do their best to balance the budget, at least the same way the Tories would have done it. Mm -hmm. So on that side... They tried to be quote small, you know, conservative, and so uh, that might also be a perception reason why so many people vote liberal because they do see them all over the place, and if they see themselves as in any one of those camps, and the liberals cover them all, yeah, then no wonder they get the most votes. Yeah, but I wonder whether whether the conservative party has changed so much, or whether it's the the country and the and, and maybe to some extent the the world. But my sense was that historically there wasn't that much difference between the liberals and the conservatives. That they were both it was like center left or center right were mm-hmm. kind of your choices, and you didn't have a party that was ideologically more out there in the wing. But in the United States, it seems like in the last 20 years that there's been success with a harder right ideological uh, government and that uh, to some extent, maybe the Conservative Party hasn't followed the Republican Party in that direction, uh, which which maybe led to the Preston Manning phenomenon to some extent of saying, you know, there isn't a party that's following this, this rise of the ideological right the way it is in the United States. That's because there isn't a a party as strong to the right, like in the U.S., you never hear about them, even though you, know, you hear about the Green Party down there. Mm-hmm. But the Green Party got way less votes than the Libertarian Party mm-hmm. did. And the Libertarian Party is a great threat to the, to the Republicans, and they've been pushing to the right. And many Libertarians have been jumping on the Republican ship. Um, you know, Milton Friedman's considered a, quote, Libertarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've got that, that strength of a movement outside the actual mainstream two political parties. And they always want to push for those numbers. So if that's where people are running, let's steal that side of the spectrum. And I think it's working for them. I don't think the Democrats have the same thing going on on their side. They're already they're already where they want to be. <laughs> what do you make of the Democrats leaving the state of Texas to get out of the vote? Did you hear about that? Yeah, that was no. uh, quite humorous. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the reapportionment in the state of Texas being pushed through by the, by the leader of the Republican Party, the Republican House. And the Democrats, in order to avoid having to participate in these discussions have had to flee the state yeah and they've actually they're staying in a holiday inn across, across the state line because <laughs> yeah. otherwise they would be arrested yeah and uh 
but it's total. I mean, it's total, totally cowardice. I think because if you're elected to be in there and you, you run into an issue that you don't like and you know you're going to be voted out, well, that's too bad. You don't. Yes. You know, the idea is not to to run away. Yeah, and that it's uh, wonderful. But it's only in the left too. You only see weird things like that in the left doing. But it's all brilliant. Who ever thought of it? Well, because <laughs> they staying, like to disrupt order. In they're the staying system. at the in the Holiday Inn at uh, I forget where it was. I saw it on TV last night. But anyway, there they all are. They've got the suite of rooms at the Holiday Inn and the and the buffet, of course. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, you want to have the buffet there. It's one of the things that Canadians have to be careful of is watching American movies. You can get the idea that if you can only make it to the county line, sometimes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you make the state line, you're safe. In Canada, you're not safe anywhere. <laughs> we don't care about those lines. Let me uh, take you ahead, guys. Just uh, we only got a couple minutes left here, but uh, to what I predict is going to be probably June the 23rd. The election, the provincial election. That's just my little guess here. We'll find out in a week or so. I think probably the 23rd. Um, What's going to happen? Good question. I'm in an awkward position, as you know. I'm mm-hmm. Freedom Party is going into its really first provincial debate mm-hmm. or uh, campaign on on a wide scale. We've got all the area slates covered. We've got practically all of Toronto covered, and we've got a provincial campaign that's going to bother Ernie Eves. That's mm-hmm. all I can tell you right mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, there is a definite split within the PC party right now. Uh, you know, you're talking about vote splitting. There's a party that's collapsing in on itself mm-hmm. between the, I guess for the want of a better term, the social conservatives and the fiscal conservatives. And um, so that's going to impact dramatically on on Ernie Eves. Traditionally, one would expect the PCs would win most Ontario elections, as has been a tradition almost. Uh, Liberal and NDP governments are very, very rare you know, anomalies in Ontario well, politics. I think, I think where they're making a, a big mistake, and I understand how it happens, is that they're using Mike Harris's campaign team essentially intact to uh, to run Ernie's campaign. And that's what Kim Campbell tried to do with Brian Mulroney's team. And I remember reading about how that just wasn't a good fit. You know, that ideologically they were in different places and they just didn't connect well. And and we've seen this with the, um, the Magna debacle mm-hmm. uh, right off the bat. Uh, we've seen that on different issues that the the um, handlers have been further to the right than Ernie has. We had the handlers talking about how, what was the thing about uh, the Americans? There's something, some language about treason or something in some press release that uh, the federal government was treason. I don't know what treason is. We're cowards for not going into mm-hmm. the war. And then Ernie had to quickly say, no, that was my handlers that said that, not me. Mm-hmm. And when you see that schism, uh, it's, a, it's a bad thing. And once that infects a campaign, if he doesn't trust his handlers and his handlers aren't happy with what he's doing, it can be very difficult to come back from that. And even what we saw in the House this week with the, the debate going on, you know, to have a backbench or showing the finger at a time when you're discussing parliamentary tradition and decorum, it's mm-hmm. just like, what a media disaster. So somehow Ernie, I think, has to put a much stronger print on his campaign team and read the riot act to people uh, if he's going to have a hope. Otherwise, I think they're going to blow up. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I would have thought that that a moderate Tory government would be appealing to the, to the people right now normally, because that's where the Tories have been very successful for mm-hmm. 50 years. Mm-hmm. The uh, One of the elements to the my speculation that it will be in June is that if it's not June, it pretty much has to be next fall, and it just gives them that many more opportunities to shoot themselves in the feet because they seem to be particularly adept at doing that. If you call, however, it, they're not sitting in the legislature during the summer, so when nothing's happening, you can't really have too much bad. But news. you can't respond to th- if things do go wrong. Yeah, yeah. the opposition can dredge, dredge up every uh, nasty bit of business that. Uh, that occurred under your under your reign, and you've got no official place to respond to it. And so. you start having diesel generators around and that kind of thing, and who knows what else. Uh, no, I, the I, double I, cohort problem. Well, I, There's a whole host of issues that are going to manifest themselves in the fall. Well, Yet I, I hear, 
and, and you were right, Jeff, that there is a split in the PCs, not just on ideological, but on tactical. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear is it's sort of the cabinet wants to go now, but the, but the, uh, the back room people want to go in the fall. So who's going to win well, that Dalton's, battle? Dalton's up by 17 points today. How, where do you think he'll be on election day? <laughs> it is a cat and mouse game, isn't it? Speaking as a liberal, is that enough of a lead that we can not lose it? <laughs> Never forget that when David Peterson called the election, he had a 52% majority in the polls, and he lost his own seat to Marion Boyd. Yeah, but the day he called that election, the media was on him. Like, oh, yeah. So anything that can happen again. Yeah. Well, I'd far rather be out tramping around in June than in November, I'll tell you that. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we have to tramp on out of here, but thanks to both of you for coming by today. Thanks, thanks Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz joining us on Left, Right, and Center. Always a pleasure to have them with us.